Hi, I'm Tiffany, and you are listening to the Legacy Lounge Podcast. If you are a high-achieving, mission-driven entrepreneur who wants to elevate your income, impact, and influence, you're in the right place. I left my corporate career as a creative director for Fortune 500 brands to create a legacy with my work and to support entrepreneurs to do the same. And I'm not talking about having your name on a building or statues in your image. I'm talking about leaving behind a positive impact and creating something enduring that can be passed on. You pour your time, energy, and passion into your business. So let's make sure your efforts will create a ripple effect that reaches far into the future. Each monthly series will guide you through the business, leadership, and life skills you need to successfully leave a legacy that stands the test of time. And each episode is totally valuable on its own. We are here to provide you with the tools and ideas to make massive shifts and quantum leaps in your business, transforming you from entrepreneur into legacy brand. So sit back, relax, and let's get into today's episode. Hello and welcome. I'm so excited to introduce you to our incredible guest today, Alex Perslove. And Alex guides visionary women in becoming unapologetic in who they are and what they do in order to create more success, impact, and fulfillment by combining business strategies with their trust and intuition to truly make quantum leaps in their business. So I found that as we move into the summer months, it provides the best opportunity to really slow down in our businesses in that summer, early fall, and really look at some of the foundational pieces of our businesses when we're not usually quite so busy. Now that doesn't, of course, apply to all of us. So I asked Alex to join us because I personally believe that spirituality, mindset, All of these things and how to take our business to the next level is foundational because even if we have like the most amazing brand, marketing systems, messaging, you're going to hit roadblocks in your business from time to time. So having this foundation is what can keep us grounded and aligned as we build our brand, as we build our legacies, and as we grow and evolve. So Alex, thank you so much for being here. I'm super excited to dive into this topic today. Thank you so much for having me, Tiffany. I am really excited to be here too. And I love how you just teed up our conversation by talking about the importance of those foundational pieces. That to me, I mean, is everything. It It's changed my business looking at the foundation. So I'm really excited to dive deeper into that with you today. Yay. Thank you. So I know, and I talk about brand, of course, being the foundation to success, which I truly believe it is. Cause if you don't have that, you don't have anything, but again, you need other things like the mindset and so much more. So before we dive into all the juicy pieces, um, I'd love just so the audience gets to know you a little bit more, if you can share a little bit more about your journey and how you got to creating this specific business and working with the amazing women that you work with. Absolutely. My journey really started, I would say over a decade ago. When I was living out in California, I had moved out to LA after college to pursue a career in the film industry, actually. And after spending a few years out there, I found that while it was exciting and interesting in, in certain ways, I also was feeling really misaligned with the culture. I was starting to feel purposeless. I wasn't really getting to experience my potential. And there was a whole 
mess of issues too and dealing with trying to you know be a woman making her way in the film industry <laughs> a young woman out in LA and so dealing with all of that and like I said just very misaligned with the culture and I found that I was really feeling unfulfilled and unhappy most of my days and so out of the blue when I was just about to turn 25 years old I was diagnosed with a tumor in my pancreas with cancerous tissue and it was absolutely the wake-up call that I needed in my life at that time because when that happened, suddenly I just came face to face with what was really important to me in my life. I didn't know how serious it was. I thought maybe, you know, this, that I wouldn't have a lot of time left. And so the night that I got my diagnosis, I spent hours just on my knees sobbing and talking to God, universe, higher power, however you relate to that. But I was talking to God and pleading for more time because I felt like my life just hadn't mattered enough yet. I felt like it wasn't significant enough. I hadn't made the kind of impact I wanted to make. And I hadn't experienced the kind of love and fulfillment that I really wanted to have in my life. And so I realized those were the two things that mattered most to me were just giving and receiving more love and creating more of a significant impact. Well, it turned out that my tumor was incredibly rare. It was not aggressive. It was not the typical kind of pancreatic cancer that you hear about. And so I was very blessed to find out um, that it was not as serious as I thought it was. And so I was cured from a surgery um, at the National Institute of Health. And it was certainly a little bit of a process to recover. It was difficult surgery. And throughout that whole time, I vowed to myself that I would not forget what really mattered to me when I didn't know how much time I had left. And so a few months later, I ended up leaving the film industry. I left a very toxic and unhealthy relationship that I had been in. And I moved back to Pittsburgh, which is my hometown and committed that I was gonna stop living life on autopilot, that I was going to really pursue my purpose and living with more significance. And so that quest for me started, like I said, over a decade ago, almost 12 years ago now, actually. And I journeyed forward and explored for years just how to find my purpose, my calling, and what really lit me up inside. That led me to starting my business, which I started back in 2016. And I initially started my business in executive coaching I fell in love with personal development and I loved learning how to create more success in your life, how to pursue more of that meaningful impact. And then in 2020, I had been full-time in my business for a year and I knew that I was on the right path. I had found my calling and what really mattered to me, but I also knew that I had so much to learn about actually making it a successful, thriving business. And so I ended up making a, a huge leap and working with some really um, incredible mentors over the next few years. In 2020 specifically, I worked with one mentor that just completely changed my life and business because this mentor helped me not only learn business strategy and powerful sales and how to actually make my business really sustainable and thriving, but she also helped me explore where so much fear and people-pleasing and doubt and self-judgment was slowing me down. So this piece of looking at not only what I was doing and the business strategy and, and all of those things that, like you said, are so important for helping you build a solid foundation and grow your business. She also really helped me look at how I was being, how I was seeing myself and how I was showing up. And when I did that deep dive into prioritizing my inner world experience, along with enhancing my business strategy, I 10X'd my business over the next year and a half and ended up working with amazing more aligned ideal clients that I absolutely cherish and finding so much more of that fulfillment and the significance and the impact and the alignment that I'd been seeking back when I was sick. So it completely transformed my life and business and my marriage, quite honestly. 
and then my faith and my spirituality and my personal fulfillment. And so ever since then, I've now been integrating that into the work that I do with clients to help them do the same. Amazing. Thank you for sharing. And I know that's one way when we started talking the first time we met, it was like so funny how we had so many similarities. Like I had a similar health scare breakdown type thing, went on a similar journey, although mine was, you know, closer to 20 years ago, which ages me, but that's okay. (laughs) Um, And, and like similar path. And it's so true. And I think a lot of people at this point, if they're in been in business long enough, you wake up to the idea that you do need to work on your inner world along with the business strategies, you know, but um, I think we all realize that at different times in our business. And of course, when we sign up as business owners, most of us, most of us don't realize that it's going to be such a personal development journey. Like if, I think if we knew maybe some of us would be like, Oh, maybe not, you know, it's easier. to. Be. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't trade it for anything, but sometimes ignorance is bliss too. Right. But anyways, it all, it ultimately leads to all the amazingness that we can have in our businesses. So that's why I was so excited to have this discussion because I do think that most women on this path, unless you're just starting out, have realized that. But what would you say was like one of your biggest shifts that from realizing that or like one of those internal, you know, shifts in your internal world that really helped? Yeah, great question. And I agree, Tiffany, the personal growth journey, it is not for the faint of heart. I always say it comes with a lot because you're looking at all the ways you're slowing yourself down and limiting beliefs or the fears or, you know, just all the things going on that have contributed Mm -hmm. uh, to to those beliefs. And I agree too, it's also so amazing because it also leads to having the breakthroughs and releasing the things that can keep you in fear, doubt, worry, struggle, anxiety. And I'm a big believer that it's not actually our circumstances that create that, that struggle. It's how we're responding to the circumstances. It's always tied back to those beliefs and those, those fears and that perspective. So for me, you asked what is one example of something I really shifted in my inner world experience for me early on in working with the high level mentor I mentioned earlier, we really started exploring first my people pleasing because I was definitely and still am recovering people pleaser. That was highly ingrained patterns. Yep. in me, I meet a lot of women in business who have people pleasing patterns. And so I think it's very relatable. And so I started looking at where people pleasing was showing up everywhere in my life, not just in business. Now in business, I found it often showing up in relation to my sales and to how I was presenting myself, whether it was through videos online or through masterclasses, through workshops or through direct sales conversations, I started exploring where all the people pleasing was showing up. And there was definitely fears around people not liking me, not everyone approving of me, you know, wanting everyone to um, to feel like I was speaking to them or to approve of it. And so I was watering down my messaging and diluting my messaging because I was trying to be for everyone. I didn't want to upset anybody, say anything that could offend this person or that person. But in doing that, I wasn't being super clear and speaking to my ideal client and helping my ideal client feel seen, which I'm sure you're nodding along, right? As a brand expert, you know how important that is right? to make your ideal client feel seen. Yeah. So it, it showed up in my messaging. It showed up in how I was presenting myself. And then it also showed up in sales conversations. 
And if you show up to a sales conversation with a fear of how the other person is going to respond to you, what they think of you, what they'll think of your offer, your pricing, you're positioning yourself to be focused completely on you. You're putting your ego in the driver's seat because you're thinking more about protecting yourself or, or benefiting yourself than you are being in service to the other person. So that was the biggest place I explored it in business and in my sales and started really learning how to actually show up from a place of powerful service through sales conversations and to have heart-centered selling over ego-centered or head-centered selling, which again is all about you. So that made a huge difference in my business. And at the same time, like I said, I was exploring my people-pleasing in every aspect of my life. And I actually started with my husband and looking at where it was showing up in my marriage it's so funny to me now because I look back then and I remember saying, oh, I don't think I'm a huge people pleaser, you know, personally. Like, I, I'm, I'm very open with my husband. My husband and I, yeah, we've always been best friends. And then I started really learning the meaning of people pleasing and understanding that people pleasing is really anytime you push or push down or hide what you really think, want or feel because of how the other person might react. And so I realized how much it was showing up in my marriage in little places I wasn't communicating preferences or where I was stuffing, you know, what I really wanted or where I wasn't admitting my big dreams or my desires or small things like that. I preferred not to go to the Mexican restaurant for dinner and that I really wanted to go get Italian or something like that. Uh, so I started exploring all the different places it was showing up and I made some really significant shifts very quickly. And from doing that, I found so much started changing. I already mentioned in my sales how I was able to show up so much more powerfully, but it also in changing where it was showing up in my personal life ended up helping me be more bold, more convicted in everything I was doing. Because if you're people pleasing, the message you're sending to yourself is who you really are and what you want doesn't matter. It's not as important as what other people think of you. So if you start shifting that belief and owning your value from the inside out, all the external results start changing in your midst. Mm -hmm. So good. I'm so glad you brought that up too. I think same here, people pleaser, recovering people pleaser. And I think it's so common, you know, I work with conscious women who are always heart centered also. And so it's, I, it's so, so common. And I love what you said about wanting everyone to approve. It's the biggest roadblock I absolutely see in branding, just like you mm -hmm. said, where people, you know, aren't really convicted on what they're saying. And then they end up, you know, just being the same in the sea of sameness rather than truly standing out and rising above. So I'm so glad you said that. And then I, I love that you brought up the ego too, because not only can it be in the driver's seat in people pleasing, but I think that's one thing we don't think about is like in your decision-making in everything you do, if you're not focused on it, the right way, your ego can drive everything and you can end up in a really bad spot. So, mm -hmm. so powerful. Um, so I know one thing that you talk about, that's a little bit, um, talking about like being different is like how our judgment affects our lives and our businesses. Um, and I thought that was pretty unique because you don't usually think about like our judgments specifically in that context. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, well, it's actually a beautiful tie-in because I have experienced and see a lot that people pleasing and, and fear of judgment and judgment tend to go hand in hand, 
right? So if you're people pleasing, it's because you're afraid of how someone's going to react to you. You're afraid of what they'll think of you. You're afraid of how they might judge you or ultimately how they might reject you. And so when we fear judgment, what I always explain to my clients is that the places that you are afraid of being judged are the places that you're still experiencing some kind of judgment for yourself. Because if you're fully confident in something, then if someone judges you, it really doesn't matter to you. You know, I've I've shared this example before that I'm a jujitsu practitioner. I've been training for four years minus some time when I had my daughter, um, but I'm I'm a blue belt in jujitsu. And if someone you know said to me, "Hey, Alex, I really think you should be a black belt by now," there is no part of me that would be bothered by that at all because I know, like, okay, this person clearly is knows nothing about jujitsu. I'm very proud of where I am, you know, and for how hard I've trained, and and I had a baby and. You know, I get there as much as I can as a new mom, but, you know, I, I'm also in my, you know, oh gosh, late thirties now, I almost said mid thirties. I don't think I can claim that anymore. So <laughs> I'm in my late thirties now, you know, I feel really good about where I am in jujitsu. So it wouldn't bother me at all because I don't judge myself there. But if someone started, you know, um, sharing with me that maybe they think I'm spending too much time at work and not enough time with my daughter, or maybe they think I should be spending more time in my business and not enough and spending less time with my family, that might actually now um, ignite something in me, activate me, because that's something I'm still sorting out. That's something I can end up going into judgment for myself. There's times when I walk away from my daughter and she cries that I'll stop and think, oh man, am I spending enough time with her? Now, I don't believe that that's a question that serves anybody. That's a whole separate thing. But my point for this example is that that's an area where I'm still exploring for myself how I feel about all of it. And so that might get through. And so the places where you still have doubt about yourself, where you still have judgment about yourself, that's where you end up going into activation if other people judge it or you're afraid of being judged in that area. And so you end up making other people's opinions so much more powerful than what you actually think or feel about it. And where your greatest power lies is actually in your full expression, in your alignment, in you knowing what's best for you and, and what you really believe and, and what works for you. And so, yes, the areas that you fear being judged are the areas where you go into people pleasing and where you go into stifling your full expression and your power. Mm. Yes, again, so powerful, especially as women, because we tend to be the people pleasers. We tend to be the person who's supposed to be juggling all the things and showing up for our families and for our business. So that makes so much sense. It can be so kind of confusing and struggle inner battle. I feel like sometimes for people, myself included, I think we've all admittedly gone through this on some level um, where you really have to like look at those things and then how it's affecting everything. So I love that so much. And then I love that you said too, about, you know, taking it back since of course I have to bring in branding to the conversation is the goal is to repel some people, you know, and that's in our life and our business. We can't show up and have like a billion friends because we only have limited time. We also can't serve every client. And by repelling some people, you're attracting the people who are you are really meant to work with even more. So mm -hmm. I think that's so beautiful also. Mm, if I can add this too, Tiffany, I appreciate you, you sharing that. And as you were talking, it reminded me too about how 
it not only helps us attract the right people to us, right? And repel the people that, that aren't aligned. It also makes the path more enjoyable and easier along the way, because what I explain to my clients and, and work with them on is seeing how it's actually the fears of judgment and where we judge ourselves and the people pleasing and the doubt and the worry that makes the path so much harder to grow. Because if you fully trusted that no matter what, you would figure things out, things would work out, they'll be okay. And you trusted that you have a right to make mistakes because you're in the arena, you're going for it, you're running a business, you're doing things differently, you're taking risks, you're pursuing your dreams. So you have a right to make mistakes and mistakes are your greatest teachers. And it's okay. You don't have to feel guilty or or shame about or comparison about where you are, where other people are. If you remove all of that, then the path just becomes full of so much more adventure and joy. And the more you are in adventure and joy, the more you're increasing your magnetism and drawing in more of those clients to you. So it all comes full circle. Yes. hundred percent. So good. Um, so you also talk about, you know, women really like you empowering women to really like, I love these two lines, live surrendered in faith. So I'd love to talk about that. And then also be unapologetic. So I'll just, leave it there. Um, but what specifically, um, why do you think those two things are so powerful? Mm. Well, those two things have transformed my experience and I, and I've seen it occur with many of my clients and to go into that now a little more about, about why I believe that's the case. It's because for me with living surrendered, I think it's especially important as women, and I can speak, I guess, to my experience that I grew up learning a very masculine approach to work and business, which was, and I also am a recovering high achiever, I like to say. And so I was very conditioned in the grind it out. You know, you don't stop until, until it's done. Just you call, call, call until you get the sales and you do whatever it takes, you know, to make it work. Or you just, you go, 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 go until you figure it out. And while there's benefits to having a mentality of being committed and, and going for it and, and um, having a strong work ethic, that's also different from forcing and struggling and grinding. And so I know I experienced when I was in that, that grinding, it was really reinforcing just never enough mentality. Mm-hmm. Okay, I achieved this, but then it's never enough. What's the next goal? And always being so focused on the next goal and the next goal and the next goal and forcing it and, and just trying to make it all happen and, and trying to figure it all out. And like I said, it, it kept me stuck in that it's not enough yet. I wasn't celebrating where I was, wasn't feeling good about where I was, always falling short of what the next goal was. Even if I met or exceeded a goal, it still never felt like enough yet. And so I've learned to embrace, and I'm still growing in this, but I've learned to embrace a more feminine approach of surrender, which doesn't mean not having goals or things you want to achieve or being passionate and committed and and purpose-driven and intentional, but it means trusting in how things are unfolding, trusting in yourself, trusting in God or higher power to know that you're being supported and that everything is working for you. Every even the challenges, every challenge has an equal or greater opportunity. It's a lesson for you. It's a gift for you if you're willing to grow. So everything is happening for you and supporting you. And so if you surrender into trusting your desires and then trusting that you're being supported, 
you can live in a lot more ease and flow as you build your business because you get rid of all that, that grinding and stress and fear and worry. Mm -hmm. So that's why I believe living surrendered is so important because it makes the journey so much more enjoyable along the way. And it also leads you to tapping in more deeply to your true desires, which is always most powerful versus trying to follow other people's. And then that goes into the piece of becoming unapologetic, because when you're unapologetic about who you are and your vision and your desires, that's when I believe you actually can be in greatest service to people. You know, I, I misinterpreted for a long time what not being ego-centered meant. I used to think that meant, okay, always sacrificing myself, always prioritizing everybody else because I wanted to serve. And yes, I, I did have a heart to serve, but like I said, I misinterpreted how to do that. And what I've learned is that the way to actually be in most powerful service to other people is to first fill your own cup, to meet your needs, to get aligned, to follow your true desires, because your true desires, they come from your heart and they come from your highest self and your highest self is aligned to God. Your highest self is aligned to the spirit. So your true desires are in highest service to everyone. So when you prioritize you and follow that, you're actually going to be able to remove all the fear that comes with the ego centered way of being, which is the people pleasing and the self doubt and judgment. And so if you remove that, you're going to end up being able to be in so much more powerful service to other people. Mm, yes, I could not have said that better. So beautiful. Um, and it's so, so true, especially again, as women. And if you did grow up in any certain faith, I love that what you were saying about, you know, we tend to think what ego means in the wrong direction or being egoless. And it actually is self-sacrificing in the wrong way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, that's so powerful for people to hear, whether you realize it and you still haven't, you know, figured it out and, or maybe you've never thought about that before. I think it's so, so powerful because like you said, those things will show up in our lives, in our businesses. And especially if, you know, our culture is just all about pushing and thriving and growing and it's never enough too. And so it's, I'm still on that path myself as far as like, okay, just not everything needs to happen tomorrow. I'm also quick start personality. So totally get what you're coming from for high achievers out there. Um, if you're shaking your head, yes, to Alex, <laughs> <laughs> um, just let us know because that is, I think it's so, so common. And, um, and I think we're also so, so ready for a more feminine approach, you know, in business. And I've seen that scale tipping some, but it's exciting to have these conversations knowing that um, you know, it's, it's possible and, and more and more women, I think are really realizing that, you know, mm -hmm. I agree. I see it too. So good. Okay. So a few more questions here. I always have to ask since, um, you know, this is the legacy lounge and everything I do, whether it's in branding or cultivating community, um, is really focused on, legacy. So what does legacy mean to you? Why is it important? And not only leaving a legacy, but living a legacy now. Hmm. I love how you just asked that, Tiffany, of living a legacy now. 
And that that speaks to me, especially with the story I shared before when I got my diagnosis and recognized, oh my gosh, my life and the quality of my life, the impact of my life, it matters right here and right now. And I think that's one of the things that has really motivated me to explore and, and learn how to confront and overcome that never enough mentality. Because if you're in never enough, then you're not focusing on it mattering right now and that what you're doing right now does matter and it's important. So legacy to me, it's a really uh, good question. I knew you were going to ask me this today. And it's funny because I actually paused for a moment and thought, oh, I don't have a, a great immediate gut answer. But what I can tell you, because I have thought about it, is that legacy to me is about helping other people recognize their beauty and their greatness within themselves so that they can keep passing that on to the people after them. Mm -hmm. So I don't actually have a grand vision or desire to have my name, you know, on a building or in, you know, to have Alex Persico of coaching be operating for the next 200 years and, you know, that it continues long and long after me. That's not something I, I feel inspired by. But what I do feel inspired by is helping my clients and my daughter and my husband and, and the loved ones, my nephews um, in my life to, to see more of their greatness, to love themselves more, to believe in themselves and to help them make a greater impact through what they do. And if I can do that, I believe in the ripple effect, you know, as they then pass that on to their kids and their kids and their kids. And so for me, it's about just making the greatest ripple effect in the pond that I possibly can while I'm here. Hmm. So, so good. And then final question, and then we'll also let people know where they can find you is what are you most excited and proud about creating or doing that will stand the test of time? And again, just like you said, it's not all about, you know, a statue in our name or buildings with our names. It's really about, you know, even the sometimes untangible things that we can, um, leave behind? Hmm. What a great question. I think I've said that with every question that you've asked. So <laughs> these have all been yeah, amazing questions on the podcast today. Uh, so for me, I would say in relation to my business, it's the transformational retreats that I create for women. So I do live in-person retreat experiences for small groups of women where we create this really amazing judgment-free container that women can show up and bring their whole selves. And we can explore and look at your greatness and your unique talents and how you can enhance and up-level and amplify your strategy so that you can reach even more people or reach people more deeply and powerfully, but also exploring how you can cultivate this radical trust and confidence within yourself, removing the imposter syndromes or the doubt spirals or that high achiever, never enough mentality so that you can really feel good about who you are now, where you are now, while being excited and unlocking the doors to creating even more in the future, but also enjoying the journey as much as you possibly can here and now, because it matters. Like we've said, 
So I think creating those, those retreat containers, I love live experiences. I love being with people in person. And I think when you bring powerful women together who are all conscious and growth minded and, and locking arms to grow together, it just creates really transformational results and, and new outcomes. So that for me, I think is going to be one of the, um, one of the most rewarding experiences that I'll be leaving behind. Nice. That is amazing. And I agree a hundred percent love, love, love in person. I mean, the internet I'm so grateful for, but nothing quite beats in person. <laughs> yes, I agree. So if you've enjoyed this conversation with Alex and you are shaking your head, yes, to some of what she's talking about, you have uh, a little gift for everybody, your ebook, which is cultivating deeper trust. And we'll drop that info down in the show notes. Um, can you tell us just a little bit about what that will help um, the ladies with Alex? And then we will wrap up for today. Absolutely. So I created this ebook at the end of last year, actually. So it's still fairly new. And it's designed to support you in getting clear and setting tangible action steps for tools you can implement to increase your trust within yourself and also unlock more of your creative power. When I say creative power, I mean your ability to create your desires. So I love teaching about co-creating with God, co-creating with life and um, really creating your desires while surrendering to how it unfolds. And so this ebook will walk you through that and it will go through the four pillars of cultivating deeper trust while supporting you in prioritizing which of those pillars to start with so that you can start making small shifts that will lead to creating more of what you want to be experiencing in your life and business. Awesome. Thank you for that, Alex. Um, sounds so juicy. So definitely go down to the show notes, check that out. Also, we'll have the links to connect with Alex either on her website or social. And remember, if you're not consciously building a legacy, you're simply building a brand unconsciously. I hope this discussion with Alex inspired you to take action, even if it's simply just moving the needle 1% towards the direction of your legacy. Because as Alex said, if we all focus on making an impact, the ripple effect we have together will truly make a difference and help us live in the world that we want to see together. So Alex, thank you so much for being here today. Truly appreciate it. And we hope that you enjoy this episode. I'll see you here next time in the Legacy Lounge. That's it for this episode. Thank you for listening to the Legacy Lounge podcast. Connect with me on Instagram at Tiffany Newman Creative. I would also love to hear your feedback to see what resonates with you and what you'd like to hear in the future. If you love this episode, please provide a review and we will be forever grateful. You can always find links and resources shared on the show by going to yourlegacybrand.com. Remember, what you leave behind is not what is engraved in stone monuments, but what is woven into the lives of others. What are you doing today to pour into others and to leave your legacy? 